Hello and welcome to Financial Education Foundation and today, what the secret killer of wealth is. So the secret killer to wealth, everyone talks about trying to beat this market, get this return, get into this cryptocurrency, whatever it is. But it's all we're trying to really do is beat inflation. Now, that sounds boring, doesn't it? And I know it sounds boring. If you are a novice investor, you might even have switched off by now. It's inflation that is eroding our wealth. And there's been lots of, there's lots of um, news headlines at the moment about inflation picking up. And basically, I just want to take a moment and explain what inflation really is. So when there are too many pounds, dollars, yen, euros, whatever it might be, chasing too few goods, then demand picks up, supply and demand, simple thing. We've got lots of money um, chasing a few goods, people can outbid each other, the people selling it will increase their prices to get the maximum profit, okay? And this is simple supply and demand, and this is inflation. The increase in prices over time is measured, and that measurement is typically done through um, RPI, which is the Retail Prices Index, or CPI, which is the Consumer Price Index. And they're very, very similar. They're just different baskets of goods. Okay, so the CPI and the RPI, you can go online and they change every now and again. And you can look and see a list of goods of what they are. And they physically measure the change in those prices over time. And that's how you measure inflation. Over the last 18 months or so since the pandemic broke, March 2020, um, we saw central banks around the world, Bank of England, Federal Reserve, European Central Bank, uh, Bank of Japan, I think Australia did it, um, China probably did it, you know, do a thing called quantitative easing, which is basically where they produce more pounds. They buy, or pounds, dollars to the yen, they buy um, government central bank bonds. Um, they also do a, they do the thing called what we refer to as helicopter money, where they put money in the hands of consumers. So in America, for example, they sent out two checks, I believe, one for about 1,400, one for about $1,200 each, um, and just sent them out to everybody in, in the US um, to try and give them more money so that they then spent more money. Now, if you've got all this money, okay, extra money being produced in the, in the US and the UK and around the world. So if you look at the UK as a good example, the furlough scheme, people were at home um, some of them didn't even have to pay their mortgages and they were still being paid 80% of what they would have earned. So they had no transport costs, no commuting costs, um, no additional, so they couldn't go out to restaurants, couldn't go on holiday, but you're still getting 80% of what you earn. Um, most of us, if we were fortunate to be in that position, I wasn't, um, would have had a surplus of money because we have more money in and we couldn't spend it. We couldn't spend it on holidays, couldn't travel, couldn't go out for dinner because the restaurants were shut, couldn't go out for drinks, couldn't go to the gym. So we had this build up of money. So we've got money being printed. We've got, in some cases around the world, money being sent to us um, and we can't spend as much. So we've got an increase of money. Then on the other hand, we can't go out and um, buy certain goods because they're not being made. So if you're in the building trade, you'll certainly remember or appreciate plaster there was a shortage of plaster i think there's still a shortage of cement there's still a shortage of uh, wood and that's because those factories shut down um, at the beginning of the pandemic because they thought we we're going to a recession and thought okay look if we shut down reduce supply we won't um, get ourselves caught short 
But what's happened is there's actually a demand for these goods now. So we've got a shortage of goods. We've got an increase of money, shortage of goods. It just makes a perfect storm for an increase in inflation because these people selling the goods now you know, can increase the price. I was talking to my builder the other day and I think it was a bag of plaster was typically sell five pounds. They were going for like 40 pounds on eBay. Now that's inflation. I think isolated cases um, around the world in certain product lines, we have hyperinflation. So wood, for example, is going through the roof. It's very, very expensive. So that's hyperinflation just in wood though. Um, but generally across the board, we're gonna see an increase in inflation because we've got more money chasing fewer goods. The thing is with inflation is it's very persistent. And what that means is we have been currently in a period of low inflation and we have been in a period of low or moderate inflation for over 10 years, I think. Um, certainly last 10 years anyway. So that shows its persistence. So I'm not too concerned that inflation is all of a sudden going to skyrocket and take off. Okay, so inflation is persistent in itself so it's been pretty low pretty stable but what they are concerned about the central banks will be concerned about is if inflation starts picking up uh, and then sort of taking off and then it may say persistent at high end but will it pick up i don't think so i think a bit of inflation is healthy um to give you some figures last year we were running at 0.9 percent now bear in mind that's pretty low inflation 0.9 um Currently we're at 1.5, I would still class that as low inflation, 1.5%. Um, and we're expected to go up to 2% by 2025. But you wouldn't know that by listening to the pundits on the radio or reading the news headlines, you would think we were going heading for a period of hyperinflation. Um, put it in some perspective, in 2017, inflation was around 2.7%. And the government's target is around about 2%. So they're all pretty modest rates of inflation. And this is a general increase in goods over time. But although the numbers are small, I assure you this is the secret killer or the silent killer. It's not a secret killer. It's a silent killer to your wealth. Um, and the reason for that is if we look back over the last 20 years, inflation is averaged around about 2.8%, still fairly modest, okay? However, you would need to achieve a return in excess of 2.8% after fees and after tax just to stand still. If you, if you only got 2.8%, your buying power would be the same. Does that make sense? It could arguably be less because you might have taxes on that and you might have some fees to come out of that. And this is why it's really important we invest our money. And don't just allow it to be sat on deposit. I don't like excessive amounts of money just being sat up on sat on deposit for prolonged periods of time because effectively it is being eroded. But the thing is, it's being eroded very, very slowly and you don't see it. We refer to it as like carbon monoxide. It's a silent, slow killer um, of your wealth. And you really need to make sure that you beat inflation to have some real buying power to your money and create wealth over time. Um, £178 today would buy you the same goods as £100 would have cost at the millennium. Okay, so you need £178 today to buy the equivalent goods 
which a hundred pounds would have cost uh, bought you at the turn of millennium. Now most people can remember millennium. You imagine going out doing your uh, millennium party shop. Let's say you should spend a hundred pounds. If you'd have the equivalent party today, what they say is, well, you'd need to spend about one hundred seventy-eight pounds. And this is why we need to beat inflation over time. And by leaving your money on deposit at virtually zero percent interest rate, I think zero point one is a typical rate at the moment. You're actually going backwards because you're not even keeping pace with inflation. What's the solution? Invest in the capital markets, invest in the stock market. You know, don't avoid taking risks, at, uh, punts and, and bets. Uh, MSCI Global uh, Index Fund is an ideal investment to just go into. If you go across to lexo.co.uk, you can see the portfolio, um, range of portfolios there from 10% um, equity all the way up to 100% equity. If you look at 100% equity, that's a broadly diversified globally and offers you access to all the world markets. Now, the MSCI World Access Fund, uh, MSCI World Index Fund, um, over the last 20 years has delivered 7.5, 7.6%. Now, if inflation has been running at, say, 2.8%, you're then up roughly just shy of um, 5%. Now you've got to take fees off of that and you've got to take taxes off of that. But you can see the rationale behind the importance of investing money to gain growth on your fund. Now, if you look at the Alexo portfolios, a lot of them are done um, are better than that. And that's because they've got um, access to dimensions of return, value, small cap and things. But that's for another, that's for another session. You know, for today, what we're really trying to say is inflation will erode your wealth. You can't just leave money on deposit for long periods of time. There are sections of, of the um, inflation that are actually higher or lower. So, for example, school fees and university fees or university costs, should I say, not fees, um, tend to rise at a rate higher than traditional CPI rates. Um, so there are care fees, for example, is another one. They tend to go up at a rate higher than traditional um, CPI rates. And the reason for that is that basket of goods, if you look at care fees, for example, or education fees, a big chunk of that is um, salaries. And salaries tend to rise it just over inflation. But if you've got salaries, you've got pensions um, and things like that, contributions, bear in mind, that's what's making these even higher. So folks, this is why the wealthy get rich in inflationary times and the poor get poorer because the wealthy individuals understand the, the requirement to invest in um, real assets, equities, funds, um, shares, so that if companies, you see, can increase their prices during inflationary times, because prices go up, when they increase their prices, they can generally make more profit. And therefore, if they make profits, the share price rises over time. So that's why it's important we invest our money that we, need, we don't need access to for five plus years away. Don't take more risk than you need to take, but if it's for long-term investing, get your, get your money invested in the stock market because that growth over time is basically, number one criteria is to beat inflation. Number one criteria is to beat inflation so that we can create wealth over the long term. Hey folks, I know it's not sexy, but it is true and it is definitely necessary. So that's it for this week. Um, inflation, the uh, silent killer that will erode your wealth. Um, any questions, please send them through on the message board. And until next time, stay safe. 
If you haven't yet subscribed to my channel, please do so. There's a great number of back issues to go through and remember. What makes us different on your financial journey is the support with access to downloads and templates on warrenshoot.com, the YouTube videos and podcasts, as well as access to me, a multi-award winning certified financial planner and certified international coach. So please do engage and let's get your finances sorted together.